Good morning. It's the 17th of December. Only one week to Christmas, everybody. This is the big kickoff. Good morning. The big kickoff. One week to Christmas. Yay. <laughs> You're not excited, Dave? I know I am. Of course I am. Gosh, I have to be excited. It's be? a week to Christmas. Um, how are you, David? I'm top of the morning, top of the bus. Uh, oh, it's good. Um, busy weekend. A few, few beverages on Friday night. Went to see Santa yesterday and then recovered afterwards. Was there, was there sleeping involved? Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, for a couple <laughs> hours. Ah, well, on and off, but yeah, no back ready to go and uh, yeah busy enough one today now a few family engagements and stuff like that yeah so there's yeah. no such this is the week now that's yeah, yeah. everything if you haven't got any shopping you got to get it done this week there's no excuses yeah, no, you I, have I'm to fairly okay we've been we had a great start and this always happens if you have a great start you start relaxing thinking you're fairly covered and then you're kind of going actually there's a week to go we still have the one or two little straggly bits but in fairness we're not too bad No, I just have to get the important ones but I know exactly what I'm getting and where I'm getting them and when I'm getting them so there's no panic well I have I know what I'm getting I just don't what know when her? I just don't know when I'm getting, you getting she's not listening I don't know I have ten on the show today, David. On the show today, geez, action packed today. Um, obviously, we'll talk our usual nonsense for a while, but we've got Killian Sheridan of Jagalonia Bielostock. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> uh, kind of forgotten man, uh, striker of all, uh, of all things that were. We've loads of them, obviously, so that's why he doesn't get a mention. It's ridiculous. Mad, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's doing a great job over in Poland, and we have him on. We rec- recorded there during the week. He's just finishing up now for his winter break. And then we have Anthony Carragher on, who has wrote a book called Lost. Now, it's kind of Liverpool team, but it's very interesting. About, it's more very much about the current climate of the Premier League and as it's losing its identity slash... Like, uh, maybe, potentially, he'll obviously answer the question, but uh, maybe a bit along the lines of what we've been saying. It's not really sport anymore. It's business. Yeah. And uh, obviously, it looks into that now. It's very, as I said, it's very Liverpool team, but he kind of goes the length and breadth of the Premier League, getting insights from different clubs. And obviously, he'll be on to to tell about that book that's out now for uh, the old Stock and Fillers for Christmas. But I looked at one or two reviews, and it's like, oh yeah, it's bought for Liverpool fans. But guys who actually dipped into it kind of said, actually, it's it, it's a bit more than that. Yeah, it's a bit more than that. It is about football in general in the, in the Premier League. So it's, it looks like it could be an interesting one for for, for your Christmas Stock and Fillers, alright. Okay, right. Well, we have our first Christmas <laughs> song um, for. It has to be Irish, obviously. Yeah, we got one there. Did we struggle? Nah, yeah, we did because we we, 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 we we tapped them all out. We've played Fairy Tale New York a couple of times, and plus you'll hear it again, no doubt, next week. No doubt, Steve show. no doubt. And, and uh, so we're going. Our generation, if there's anyone younger than us listening, I don't know what you are, but uh, <laughs> Zig and Zag. <laughs> we're going with Zig and Zag and Christmas number one.
And welcome back to the Big Kickoff and Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. If you want to contact us, it's 0870627138. And it's the Big Kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, don't forget, we're on Twitter and we are on Podcast, Apple Podcast, yeah, yeah. SoundCloud, and you might see us on Tune In Radio too. Dave, any news? Um, bit of breaking news during the middle of the night there. Gary Spike O'Sullivan. Tell him of the handlebar moustache. Yeah. The cork boy. Uh, he had a very impressive win on the undercard of the Billy Joe Saunders fight in Canada um, against a guy called, he's looking at me here, Antoine Douglas. Now, it was a bit of a touch and go one. Douglas had a great start, but O'Sullivan's power eventually got a hold of him and it was a great seven round stoppage. So he's getting himself back into the frame a little bit. It's his, kind of his last final run because Saunders looked after him a good few years ago and then Chris Eubank Jr. did but it's another final run for maybe one last big shot so he's obviously trying to secure his future as he said quite clearly but uh, we'll just have a little clip of literally the end of it there if you want to yeah, have sure. a listen to it but this is literally the stoppage sheer, well, I think he's a heavy a heavy hitter strong puncher but being a, a crisp shot puncher oh, that's a heavy shot and he's in trouble now he's going to go is he almost went down with that right hand, huge attack from O'Sullivan, referee's watching, he's defenseless and he's down, and it might be all over right here, is he going to be able to get up, what a tremendous attack from Spike O'Sullivan. And there you go, yeah, it was a great finish, um, one thing he always has is his power, and yeah, he managed to break through the gates and that was it. And eight years as junior as well, so it was a good one. And he's world ranked as well, is uh, Douglas. So he's in the Eubanks category. Yeah, middleweight, yeah. So he's in with Eubank Jr. and Billy Joe Saunders. It even grows bigger. Sure. Yeah, well, he's super middleweight, but even the likes of your Golovkins and all these guys as well. Now, Billy Joe Saunders called out Golovkin. Right. He is dying to have a go. And I know Golovkin kind of wants the two. So I don't know if the rematch for Alvarez is signed and sealed. But uh, yeah, Saunders was very convincing yesterday. He went to Canada to take on the hometown boy and by all accounts not not being biased uh, like the British uh, press that were doing it like he literally won all 12 rounds and I think one of the judges actually agreed with him and then the rest of them were like by 10 rounds to 2 like he literally made very easy work of it so he's definitely going to get a big time fight in the new year anyhow so our boy needs to uh it's last chance alone. He has to go yeah, all the way through. Yeah, he's another run of it. And Next he, defeat, he, and he's probably... That, yeah, yeah. He, like he'll definitely probably get another go at one of the big boys again. Obviously, um, that's how a lot of them, some of them do it now. If he's, I don't think he's that good. But at the same time, he's probably the, one of the best of the rest. So he'll probably get another pop at somebody. Yeah. Um, so we'll wait and see. So watch this space. Sky and BT have announced a landmark deal. For... The, you don't know? No. Well, maybe. I don't know. They have announced, and it's been confirmed, a new deal will not apply to Sky and BT customers in Ireland. No. But Sky and BT have announced that they have come to an agreement that will enable customers to access sports and entertainment channels through a single subscription. So, you won't have to go and buy your BT, you won't have to go and buy your sports or Sky to get them all. You will have one subscription to get all. Now, Mm. I personally think, what are you hemming about? I'm kind of. Mm. I I like the fact that BT are separate to Sky, and I like the fact that BT can compete with them. But now that they're getting into bed together, it's getting me annoyed. Well, there's only one reason why they're getting into bed with each other, and that's because Amazon and Facebook well, and that are coming well, in, maybe, and they're going to have to do something, or the two of them are gone. Yeah. Um. Because now they will still have their separate 
content you know over, yeah. content and they'll still be doing their own shows it won't yeah. be anything like that but it's just i think it's good for football fans yeah. no. i mean you that means you will get to watch whichever you want you will still have the bt right. option you'll still have the sky sports option yeah. but it just means um you don't have to get them too so you don't have to pay your 24.99 with both or mm. whatever way it is each month ah look watch this pay i look i'm all for progress i have no problem with that but you, it's just straight because i don't know the story so i'm trying to i'm trusting you my man so I like BT and I like the fact that they put it up to Sky and I just hope that they're both on an equal footing and Sky don't kind of wiggle their way around it. It's not just with the football. The other parts of Sky and I will go into that prescription. It's probably clever by Sky because BT are improving year on year and obviously having the Ashes coverage at the moment which uh, uh, another breaking news England are absolutely capitulating again Yeah. Uh, basically <laughs> there's a great twi- uh, tweet there a minute ago I was just looking who's winning and it's like Jesus absolutely pitiful display by the rain only three minutes come on rain because <laughs> no, they're obviously hey. looking for the draw because oh, they're going to be whitewashed 3-0 so one of, one of the English press is not happy that the rain only gave them three minutes break so uh, yeah they're looking like they're going to get beat again but yeah I'd say it's probably interesting potentially for Sky uh, it could be both. It could be interesting for both. I think it's interesting for both. I, I personally think it's it's for their survival. As long as they're separate, and that's fine. I I don't mind that. Like the more I'm thinking about, because as I said, I'm literally thinking about it right this minute. It might be a bad thing. No, if I think there's so. a way of amalgamating. But it can only be good for the customer. But as long as they do everything separate themselves and they do their own programs, yeah, 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 I don't think I'm, that. I don't think that's going to cross uh, over. Then I, I, to be honest, I'd be more annoyed at BT because I think they're slightly better deep down coverage wise and program wise I think a little mm, bit yeah it's, it's, it's debatable yeah because if, if they put it this way if Carragher and Neville weren't there Sky wouldn't have a hope yeah do you think I, I, I genuinely think. do especially on, on, on the Saturday at half five after the game Humphreys is brilliant with the, and it's usually like lads who are really at the top of the tree your Ferdinand's Lampards and Gerrard's and McManaman but they, they always kind of has a little bit of a debate with them for 15-20 minutes and uses them Yeah, and it's be very interesting like the, there's the famous one from a couple of weeks ago I'd love to play it someday because if I was an England fan I'd be pissed off listening to them but, surely, but the one about England and their failings with yeah, the freedom yeah. and uh, I'd be pissed off if you know what I mean it was basically oh, we, we didn't really get on I was yeah. like, well, somebody which one of you is leaders should I say Sorry, would have not stood up and went right enough's enough but it was like there was a United table there was a Chelsea it was fascinating yeah. to listen to from the outside but if I was an England fan I'd be, I, w- I would have been wound up with BT though BT really can't compete with the, the sort of Soccer Saturday they don't have anything there that can compete with that do they? Uh, no I don't think they, I don't know if they yeah, do I think, that, I think they, both of them have well, their pluses their and both, yeah, and European their one is very good yeah because obviously they can show the goals as they go in like when the Champions League nights it's very interesting mm. they're there and they're kind of debating about, oh we're going to such and such there's a goal it's, it's interesting mm. so, but I, then again I, you don't want to do and an, you don't want to emulate them if you know what I mean so no, maybe that's, that's why, why you leave that one alone and that's why I think when, get, the customer wins out here no matter what he yeah. gets to pay one fee and he gets the best of both worlds yeah. so, no, I think it's enough. a good move that's that's fair enough. Uh, I suppose we, suppose we have to James McLean yeah win the person of the year Sports Parents Heart of the Year uh, 2017 or yeah. voted. Now, it was the public who voted, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're, you're not happy because... I doesn't deserve it. Simple right. as that. So, go into that. Um, it, it was public vote. Simple as that. I dairy man, he loves Ireland. That's why he got it. It's not what he did in the field. I don't care what anyone says. It's not. I don't know if I can field. agree with you there. I could. I could he probably did, name actually, ten of the list, and they're what light years ahead of him. Yeah, but he, you can't say he didn't perform. Um, he played. No, uh, in every in every early game, I, I, I can I remember. Oh, I don't really rate him all that much. I think he's a very ordinary player who maximizes everything he has. 
but I think somebody would be better with steamrolling quite quick and I'm going to stick my neck out I think if Odeuda really came to the fore he definitely should be playing ahead of him but Odeuda hasn't come to the fore no but he, he, he can because it's a bit, it's a bit like is very much that's who he is all the way is that not a bit like saying if Aiden, Aiden McGeady came to the no, fore really. you know it, it never happened so you can't say something about uh, someone no, but, who hasn't well, done it put it this way yeah. in the last two games I've seen Odeuda he showed a hell of a lot more than the other fella did and that's my opinion I couldn't care no, less I, runs I, 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 I personally I would give uh, McLean if it was just a football in the in football and team I think he was a standout performer but just because mm. he worked his arse off yeah. and he did produce with, with goals mm. when we needed it um, now whether he deserves to win the RT thing now or not is, 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 is a different story yeah. so yeah. Uh, who else was in the, 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 the list well Aidan O'Brien for a start breaking the world record for the group one winners he won sports manager I'm just after seeing that there but you know, no. Ryan Burnett for a start, uh, double world champion, he's unifying the uh, titles. I'm trying to look, find the bloody list here, but uh, now, Aidan O'Brien, okay. The he was in a separate category, so I'm, I'm kind of shooting the gun here. Yeah, the horses won that one, really. He's so. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable what he does now, don't get me wrong, he is like the Man City of racing, like he, he has the backers and they just give him the, give him the best now, in fairness, in a phenomenal stable. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal stable. But no, um, look, it's just a personal thing, I just... Because the public voted for it, I think it was obvious he was going to get it. He's in the bigger sport. But I just think there's better out there, you know, um, personally. I just think he's a good, honest lad who gives it everything. But that's all he is for me. And that's all he'll ever be for me. Okay. So that's your personal opinion. Oh, but yeah. It, 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 obviously, then the rest of Ireland have their vote. And, and but their, I think and it's their more opinion. because he's a patriot, to be honest. Do you think? Yeah, I do. I listen to, you listen to some of the comments, the muppetry. You can tell who it is. They love it. They love all that. You know, it's 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 a bit sad, in my opinion. But it's like Shane Long. I love him, I love him. But he does the exact same as Shane Long, and Shane Long is letting us down. He's not good enough at the moment, and McLean is not far off that. Shane he Long, really is. Shane Long's not in the same form though as, as James McLean. Yeah, but he'll still run just as hard as him, even though he's not banging in the goals. Yeah, but he he, he didn't make an impact like James McLean did for the Irish team over that. Um, in every single game all year, I'm, I couldn't say it. One goal changes everything. Like McAteer will probably get it one year because no, he scored a goal against Holland. No, he scored, he scored a couple of goals for us. He scored against Moldova. He scored against uh, Austria. Yeah. I mean, that was the year before, and he and he played two goals, out, three goals. He played he played over skin in every game. I don't think I can pick a game. I I didn't. He was poor know. against Austria in Dublin, but the whole yeah. team were poor against Austria. Yeah, and he was Dublin. poor in the biggest one of them all against Denmark. Um, I didn't think he was clever at all. He ran himself into the ground after twenty minutes. I watched him, and he was dead because he was trying too hard to do absolutely nothing. He, um, I he, think he needs to be clever. That's why. Did you not think that he was told, he was told to go into a certain position? He was I actually told to, he was actually told to. Uh, go into a position where it was like a four-four-two, yeah. and drift into that thing. Yeah. So that's for me. It's a bit like the Peter Stringer thing. And oh, he's great because he's a little lad. Pfft. Yeah, I, I, I think you're, I think you're doing him a bit of disinjustice. Oh, now, shadow of a maybe, doubt I am, but maybe. the reason why I want to say it is because I want to. So I want people to actually watch him play and then come up and tell me exactly what you really think. Okay, Ryan Burnett. Uh, there's also uh, Raina Buckley, who's yeah. the Cork Jewel winning uh, team. Yeah. Joe Canning. Legend. Uh, is it Noel Healy for the ladies Dublin or is it, no- what is it? Is it Noel yeah. is that right uh, James McLean obviously Michael Gil- uh, McGilltrop is it is that he's a oh, par- yeah. Paralympic he, he, McKillop McKillop that's it yeah. Andy Moran uh, Connor Murray Paulo Donovan Robbie Power horse racing and Jason Smith the uh, yeah. obviously Katie Taylor 
Joe Ward. Yeah. So there's a few there on it. Who, who would you have picked now if you? If you I would have tossed up between Burnett and O'Donovan. Okay. Without a shadow of a doubt. Okay. Like it's world level elite, the best in the world, in my opinion. I, and because Ireland's so rare, personally, I think that they deserve the recognition. Now, obviously, he's football. I think anyone who's nominated from the football has a shot, no matter who it is, they always have a shot, especially with the public. See, it's a public vote, you see. Yeah. So the footballers are always going to have a shot. Well, in my opinion, it was Katie Taylor. Yeah. Ha- hands down, Katie Taylor, because she has not only and this nothing got to do with this year, but not only has she been an amateur success, but she's brought that into professional. She fought in so many fights this year, got her head down, stuck down, but and won our title and again regained it there during mm-hmm. the week which uh, did you see it? Yeah Wednesday night Yeah, uh, great fight it was a great Gave fight a tough, Very tough test she was a bit, uh, bit rough and ragged around the edges here one so it, it was dangerous and she walked into one as well So, but her tactics were right except for two rounds where she walked into one yeah when she went toe to toe unfortunately yeah. she's stereotypical Irish if she goes toe to toe you're wide open yeah. please don't do it and because you are a phenomenal boxer she said she took, that, she took the dig well Oh, of course I mean, it was a great, it yeah. was a great punch, and it knocked her. You see, the days there. But anyhow, the reason why I think she should have won it, not just for winning the title, and not just for la, uh, Wednesday for, for uh, keeping the, the belt, but it's how well she has promoted not just Irish boxing, yeah. but women's boxing, yeah. because that's a main fight on Sky Sports, and they love her there. Mm-hmm. And they're going to love her in America. Mm-hmm. So th- she's doing unbelievable things for, for the women's uh, the boxing game. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, and so. she'll be getting votes for pure sport alone. Yes. Well, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how big a, sp- how big a percentage, but somebody will be voting for him for no other reason than he doesn't wear that bloody puppy. And that's a fact. Unfortunately, it's a sad fact in this country. Some people will be giving him a vote for that alone. Do you agree with him or not? Uh, no, I think he should respect it. He's quite happy to spend the sterling. He's quite happy to earn the sterling. I understand why he does it, but at the same time, it's for everybody, including Irishmen who unfortunately lost their lives. I'd be a bit kind of. He's doing it for a small. He's doing it probably for a small aspect of the whole thing in general, but it wasn't his but a, fight. But a personal aspect. Uh, no, I get it. I do get it, but at the same time, you know that's his choice, and I, I can live with that. It's not. It's no big deal to me because it's his own thing. But yeah. because of that he would have got some percentage of votes, which I think is sad. Okay. Oh, well, I, I respect him for what we did, and I think he, he should do what he feels is right. Yeah, well, that's his business. Katie Taylor should own it. It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. At Christmas time. And welcome back to Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. This is the big kickoff. Only a week left. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> James McLean is just taking a right out of David Bugger. I know. No, we won't go into it. We won't go into it. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Okay, so. Uh, any other news, Ev? Ah, Mourinho was annoying, isn't he? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> we can get, surely get four minutes out of this. Ah, she, she, <laughs> we could get 50 minutes. Ah, no, look, it's it, whatever. Milk gate, whatever the bloody hell it is. But, you know, uh, one of the, I think it's Oliver Holt, 
is kind of talking about it going oh he did this at Madrid and created this pantomime between him and uh, uh, Barcelona is he starting to do the same again now with the United and City and it's kind of like geez, you never know like you know and of course the clip of the finger poking and the whole lot comes yeah, up and you're kind yeah. of going is he doing it again you know I've got an idea here I'm going to go in and tell him to turn it down and all of a sudden it's not so much about being absolutely railroaded even though it was a 2-1 it was a 2-1 battering yeah um, is it one of them because he is good at it he is good at smoke screen and so you can't say it's, he wasn't but then again it could have been just a genuine alright they're pushing a bit lads relax Yeah. now if there wasn't a confetti picture I think it'd be all anti kind of Mourinho I was definitely at it but you yeah. never know it could have been it, the picture with the confetti does look a bit OTT like alright lads but it could have been a complete listen let's send this to them and rub it right in so maybe it wasn't down to the fact that they think the league's over this could be part of the game I think he does play a lot of games I yeah. Tell the truth, people shouldn't just people should just wash it off. Like I, I, exactly, don't take it too seriously. I, and I think Guardiola does does that. He just goes, yeah, we have the right to celebrate. Yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. You know, that's right. Sixteen wins in the trial. I, I do. It's a new record, yeah. I do feel Mourinho needs to just keep going shut and just concentrate on this team. You know, that's yeah. the, it's as simple as that. Mm. Um, Real Madrid won the World Club Championship. Oh. Does it doesn't matter? Uh, it matters to everybody else, bar the Europeans, I'd say. But it's big money. Something like twenty million to win. Like, it's big books, so it's a big. And FIFA have to do that to keep them interested. But it's massive for everyone else. And the South Americans, it's still a massive deal to try and put one over on the European European, rivals. Yeah. It's always huge. Gremio, that would be almost as big as winning the Copa Libertadores. Like, yeah, for yeah. every South American club, it is massive. Anytime they do nick the title or win it, it's big, big, big business for them. Big. As we talked about maybe last no about two, two yeah. weeks ago they're trying to expand it aren't they there's talk of doing it every two years maybe potentially and do it like a little tournament at the end of the summer like a little maybe 16 teams and the two European Cup winners from the last two years and the two whatever there's talk of it Yeah, they're looking into it at the moment because yeah. obviously Champions League is just such a monster and but it shows you the Club World Cup is a sideshow it does show you that the teams in Europe are just so strong that it's, uh, it's tough. And it's to, the money as well. It's yeah, huge. It's huge. Massive. You know? Um, okay. So what we had during the week, we yeah, had Monday a conversation night, yeah. with Killian Sheridan, who plays, you named the team? Uh, Jagalonia Bielostok. Very good. David. We'd obviously, he'd be most famous from his time at Celtic, obviously, and he'd be well known from that. Celtic. But a lot of people, when he went to Applewell, yeah, yeah, he'd, they'd have w- heard. Would have heard him because yeah. he, he would have been popping up here, there and everywhere. And of course, he, he's never got to call up for Ireland. So we got on to Killian Chern and delighted that he took our yeah, uh, Skype call. Just at the start of this Skype call, by the way, there is a little bit of interference. Just it's for only for, for a few seconds. Just for the first question. But uh, enjoy the interview. Okay, on the line, we have probably Ireland's most travelled player ever. Killian Sheridan has, pl- has played his trade in Scotland, England, Bulgaria, Cyprus, and now in Poland. And at 28 years of age, he's at the peak of his career, and that has shown over the last two years with the golds flowing. Killian, welcome to the big kickoff. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Listen, Killian, before we talk about your travels and your experiences, uh, We'll get one thing out of the way, which you're probably sick to death of being asked, but uh, how how rubbish are you that you can't get into the Ireland squad now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm obviously not in their, their plans. They don't, don't like me play or have it's Maybe nothing will change there, so I can't... Uh, I can't keep I'm not going to keep 
being a bad or yeah. giving out like I should. Yeah, no. And you should be there or, or in, in 10 years' time, I'm not going to be looking to come back bitter. Uh, disappointed, yeah, but I'm not going to be not going to be bitter about it. Yeah. Uh, do you think do you think just because you're on your travels or as well as around Europe that that's been a disadvantage to you? Uh, maybe, maybe. A lot a lot of people might well, a lot of people I know will only know me or remember me from when I was playing in Scotland. Yeah. Or maybe the my last game for Ireland. Um and even I know like the player I am now to the player I was then is there's a, a massive difference. Um so I don't know if that's maybe if that's in their thinking as well. Um maybe maybe they came and seen the game and, and I was rubbish. You uh, you don't know. You don't, um yeah. so I'm kinda of, there's no point in trying to second guess and think what what people are thinking. So uh I just have to kinda get my head down and, and get on with it. Um, other players we were just ta- myself and Dave is here with me as well we were we were just talking there do you think that puts other players off going uh, abroad as well uh, I don't think so no no I think maybe maybe players who are on the cusp of a squad and who have who have offers to stay in England um maybe it might for them but I don't think it would put off players like big name players who are going to be in the squad I don't think it's going to really be an issue that big of an issue yeah um and then players who kind of are out of the picture it's not something that really comes into your head it didn't come into my head when I left um originally to go to to Apoel uh if anything it would have it would have helped my chances um, at the time yeah. but that's kind of that's that's my take on it anyway yeah uh, says, says on Wikipedia you're 6 foot 5 are you 6 foot 5 yeah on, on, on the internet I'm, I'm big I'm in the <laughs> <laughs> but the thing the thing is because all the clubs use what they find on Wikipedia yeah yeah. Um, in match programs and stuff so like other teams maybe might be looking at like scouting the team for the next game or something. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, like they might be expecting a big, this Peter Crouch to come. Yeah. <laughs> and then they say, see me. So <laughs> a little, might be a little bit of mental games that, that can work before games. Um, um, would you advise players to, to venture further from the UK if they're, if they're, if they're finding it hard to, to get a contract? Would you, would you encourage people to go away into Europe and, and, uh, try and find I suppose not their level but their their place in football um, definitely yeah look it's it's worked out very good for me I know um, it it can be hard you can go it's generally in once you go like into kind of central eastern Europe it's Clubs aren't run the same way as as players would be used to back yeah. at home or in the UK. Um, like you, you can go to teams and maybe you go a few months without getting paid. Mm, right. Uh, and like lo- lots of things like this, that's, 
once you kind of get over it and almost get used to it, um, then it, it does make it a lot easier. Because like when I first went to Bulgaria, um, and like for the first, it was nearly the first three months, I hadn't hadn't been paid. And the kind of like they go to the basically the deadline, right? So right. when like the last chance to have to pay you, right. um, so that was kind of like so. When I first went, I was thinking, "What am I doing? Like this is, this is a shambles. This is dodgy." And yeah. Um, yeah, but also because I went young and I kind of I stuck it out for a year there, uh, and then kind of went back for a few months. Um, that kind of set the set the foundations for me to be able to go. I think anywhere. Yeah, and of course the language barrier is always a, is a problem. So, uh, are you multilingual now, or are you just uh, just getting by with, with your English? I've just I've just got a I've got a really good English, <laughs> foreign English accent. Right. Now. You just foreign out or English it? talking. So I've I can speak to foreigners very good where they understand me. <laughs> Um, because um, even like my uh, here now, there's a at Yagaloni, there's a guy from from Glasgow, Ziggy Gordon, right? And a lot of the time, they they don't know what he's saying, <laughs> and then they're like saying, "We don't we don't have a problem with Killian, like we understand him from yeah. the beginning, but but with you nothing." And it's the same for for my girlfriend Jody, she's Glasgow as well. Right, so it's a blessing. And it's a blessing. Nine times out of ten, people people don't understand her. Like we'd be in a restaurant, and she'll be asking for something, and she'll have to say it three or four times, and then she'll say to me, "Will you ask?" And I'll just say it in like just in English, like I'm speaking normal. Yeah, and they pick it up straight away. <laughs> so so that's, that's the only uh, language change I've really I've really had. Right. Um, so how did the how did the move to Bulgaria come about? Uh, what was I mean, were they looking at you? Did, what, what sort of way did that develop? Um, no, I, th- I think they were looking for a striker. Um, that's another thing that I've... You, not that you get used to, but it's kind of... It opens your eyes to how a lot of moves come about. Um, I think like we... I, I always had the idea that in the UK... Um, when a team wants someone, they go and look at players, they scout them, and then they'll make their move. Yeah. Whereas, away from all of that, away from like the kind of the main leagues and the like the big countries, uh, a lot of the time it can be a club needs a striker, and they'll maybe like put it out to a few agents and stuff, and then they'll come back with, we've got this guy, we've got this guy, right, and then the club will pick. So a lot, a lot of the time, I think they're signing players blind. Not blind. Obviously, they'll do research and they'll have a look. But uh, I think that was the case for me. Anyway, I think to Bulgaria, they, they needed a striker, and I was, I was recommended to them. Right. Um, and did you jump at it straight away, or did you t- have a good long hair think about it? Uh, no, I had a good think about it. I had. It was kind of the the season finished. Um, end of May. And I basically took the month of June for the holidays, um, kind of to think about it. Yeah. Because I, th- I still had two years, maybe at Celtic or a year at Celtic. Right. Um, but they would they would have been looking for me to go out on loan, 
and they kind of said look you can there's an offer there for them to buy you you can go we're not going to stop we're going to accept it like right. or you can sign another year go on loan in another year here um but because i'd been like the previous maybe two seasons kind of every transfer window i was out on loan yeah so it got to the stage where i just wanted to i wanted to move rather than another loan another loan deal you uh, in scotland you well you played for a couple of clubs up there but you did get to score against uh, celtic and rangers up there uh, was the celtic one satisfying uh yeah, um, satisfying in yeah. So yeah, it's always nice to <laughs> go back to somewhere that kind of somewhere obviously where you were deemed not good enough. Yeah, and uh, not you're not going, you're not proving them wrong. Obviously, at the time I wasn't, I wasn't good enough to play at Celtic. So, um, but part of it, it's always. There's a little bit that's that feels good. Yeah, yeah. Although it's 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 part of life, isn't it? It's learning and, and, exper- and getting exper- that experience. And and nowadays, yeah. I suppose, yeah. a lot of a lot of teams are looking for that experience rather than the youth. So, um, yeah. So you moved on. I mean, you 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 caught fire back here again when you went to uh, Applewell, and I mean that that must have been just a dream move out there. You had the weather. You had the 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 trophies uh, you were in the Champions League could it could it have got any better um no no <laughs> in the end obviously the middle the middle part of it with the Champions League is is the highlight um but when I first went there I I struggled uh, um I kind of underestimated the the quality there the league yeah um. And kind of, and I think also a bit of the expectations of the club. Right. I kind of went there thinking maybe they'll get like Europa League or Champions League during Champions League qualifiers. Like kind of thinking, imagine if they got to the Champions League. Yeah. But it was actually their. It was their expectation to get to the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Cypri- um, Cypriot football has actually got that issue. Yeah, they've, it's grown hugely over the last oh, how, how many years? Eight, ten I'd years. Say f- yeah, five That's to ten, ten years. Yeah. they've been Applewell since. They're in I think since year, since they? they had that run in the Champions League, where they got to the quarterfinals. Yeah, they've been Champions League or Europa League every year. And there's been Apollon have been in the Europa League groups twice. Uh, and actually maybe before Applewell there was another and notices were in the group Champions League group stages. Um and all all of this I didn't know. Yeah. Before yeah. I went over, so it was kind of So you had a pre- Obviously I, I knew about the quarter final run. Yeah. You had um, a preconceived but kind idea. of Did you? the whole yeah, yeah, I had that idea of probably everyone that it's like, it's it's Cyprus, it's a holiday. Yeah, there's probably thinking most of it is part time and stuff like that. Uh, there is, uh, there is like, there's a big difference in the top six and the bottom six teams, but the quality of the top six, I wasn't expecting. All right. Uh, 
what about comparison between the Scottish League, maybe even Championship and the the Cypriot League? Is is there is there much of a comparison, or is it strong, just a lot stronger? Uh, it's all it's always hard to compare leagues because it's it's always it's different styles of play. Yeah. Um, championship is everyone watches clips of the championship and you see there's they're not like it's not attractive flowing football or really good football that you'd I think people think it is yeah um, it has a lot of money and a lot of good players but it's a hard hard league to play in um, and then Scotland it's Scotland doesn't have the money but it has a lot of uh, it has a lot of good players and it, I think they have for me I think that's why the Scottish coaches do so well because they don't have when a lot of them start out in Scotland they don't have the money that coaches in England might have right, right. so they have to develop players they have to kind they have of to be good at their job do what they can with, with what they have yeah um, and I think that's why it kind of it sets a lot of them up for, for success in England. Right. So obviously you're at Apoel. How did it go down with the Apoel fans when you switched across the road to Ammonia? It wasn't actually that bad no. because Apoel released me. So right. they didn't renew my contract. Yeah. And I was free for a few weeks and kind of basically the day after I left, the the manager of Ammonia phoned me saying he want, like was really keen to sign me. And then uh, I kind of, I could have, was getting calls kind of from basically the top six teams mm. without Apoel, obviously, um, all saying they were interested. But from Ammonia, I got the most, uh, felt like they, they were the most interested. Um, so that kind of early on swung my head uh, towards them. Why did you feel you didn't get uh, another contract with Apple? Uh, they changed a new. They had a new. Te- they had a new technical director mm. and a new manager yeah. that came in. So came in, wanted his own players, and I think maybe after two months he got sacked. So you never know if I was, if it was a different manager or a different different director or. Anything different, something, something was different. Maybe, maybe I would have stayed, but it's the way it happened, happened. So, and then scoring against, uh, is it Jagiellonia? Yeah, yeah, Bielostock. Scoring against them is that what triggered their interest for further down the line for the move into Poland? Or, uh, I don't know, is that just pure coincidence? I don't know, it's it was a long time for. Mm for them to kind of hold off, I think, to, to yeah. make a move. Um, it would have helped, I'm sure, that they knew me and yeah. uh, maybe for fans as well. They would have, they're would they not thinking, who's this guy? They, yeah, They can say, no, this, he scored against us. He was whatever, played good or... Um, and but I don't think it was the... I don't think I scored and then they said, we have to next, sign him. Yeah. And then... A year and a half later. <laughs> do you th- yeah, yeah, year and a half. Do you think there's a is there is there an obviously a step up when you move across to Poland? Is there a step up in quality? Obviously, the national team are 
are in good form over the last couple of years is, is it the same when it comes to domestically um, again it's, it's just a different style yeah um, it's a lot uh, faster pace mm. like the first when I left Cyprus I considered myself to be like one of the fitter players mm. like near end the end of games I would have felt confident right I'm more fit than say the full back or centre back sure. I know if I have a run I'm feeling better than him and then the first three games in Poland uh, I was like I was getting cramps on like 70 minutes <laughs> 65 70 minutes um, just I think just the pace of play it's up and down all the time um, and it's a it's a more even league I think uh, where you're not a team it's not like a guarantee where a team's going to beat yeah a top team isn't guaranteed to beat one of the lower teams you have to work hard and basically it's a fight every game um so that's probably that was the the biggest difference um and then like you're saying the national team they've a lot of good uh a lot of good young young players mm. young polish players in the league what do you um, what do you think you've learned from I suppose all those clubs and countries? You know, tactically, technically, physically. Is there has has have they all given you something that's sort of molded you into the player that you are now? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, Cyprus, the slower pace. Um, you have to you have to be more technical. Your yeah. technique has to be better. Uh, Poland physically you have to be better or for me I think smarter where mm. if I know the centre halves are bigger and stronger than me kind of to make moves to run away from them or to use space better um, and movement in the box um, so stuff like that you, you kind of pick up but also I'd, you, that could be stuff that I'd pick up over over time just through maturing as as I'm getting older as well, so yeah, yeah, it could be it could it's probably a mix of both for me. Talking about maturing, what are you sporting these days? Is there a tash or is it a beard or or, or <laughs> what's your what's your favourite now? Nah, now it's a beard. It's back to the beard. <laughs> it's a big beard. Yeah, I need to I need to shave it though. I need the winter to, beard, is it? I'm planning on on trimming it down. <laughs> How I don't it? like. I seen I seen photos of. When we done our team photos, we've had two team photos this season. Yeah, I think the first ones, I don't know, maybe because we signed a good few new players, I had to do them again. And for the first ones, I had a quite a big beard. Right. And then uh, I remember seeing one. And I thought that looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I seen one just with a tash. It's a bit too much. And then I see, yeah. So then. Uh, because I, li- I like to just shave it off every now and again just to kind of like Remember let air get out my skin <laughs> yeah. um, and I can't if I shave it all completely I look ill really. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's, I feel weird when I if I see myself in the mirror I think no <laughs> and uh, so I'll keep a moustache. I like the moustache sometimes. Yeah, I don't yeah. mind it. I like um, it. Keep the and beard. Then, keep and the then beard. it just happens. <laughs> it's quite... Basically, yeah, it's quite two days movie-ish. later, <laughs> we had uh, the team photos again. 
So, yeah. listen, the Polish winter have you has it got the full grips of it yet, or is it uh, just winding up? It's a, it's actually warmer here than it is at home now. It is not, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, last now, last week we, there was a lot of snow, right? Um, but I'm just checking the the weather app now. <laughs> so now now nice. it's two degrees, and it's nine o'clock. Tomorrow it's supposed to be ten. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Now we're we're not we're hitting the low figures here now. So yeah. speaking of winter, is there a winter break in Poland? Do you take a couple of weeks off over the Christmas or New Year's or? Um, yeah, there's a break. Our last game is on Friday, right? So we've a game. Uh, yeah, the last game is what the fifteenth, Friday the fifteenth, yeah. and then we've got like three weeks off. Do you get back um, home for a little break, or will you just take it easy yeah. over there? No, no, no. I'll, I'll have the full. It's three weeks. Like holiday, oh, and weeks then back break completely, yeah, and then back back for to Cavan, basically then, or... another preseason. So would you In... get back to Cavan or, or or a bit of both, bit of Scotland and Cavan? Uh, yeah, a bit of everywhere yeah. because it's basically the last I'd say four or five years. I've had maybe I don't think I've had a holiday or a break yeah. for more than two weeks in the summer. Um, because in Cyprus we were always had the qualifiers yeah yeah for Europa League or Champions League you're always in the early rounds and the league was finishing later mm. and was in the cup finals all the time so that was like nearly up to June so it was getting like yeah basically two weeks or ten days sometimes so who's won the battle came for from oh, and even last season because here a lot of the players had obviously the Christmas break last season Whereas I didn't get the break at Christmas. So I've come from the previous season having about yeah. 10 days off in the summer and then going right through for like another nearly year and a half. Because here in our, we finished our last game here on the 4th of June and then we were back in on the 12th yeah. or 13th or something. Jesus. Um yeah, so I, I, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so who's won the battle for Christmas Day dinner? Is it in Scotland or is it in, in Cavan? Uh, I think at the minute, I think I'm going to be home. Oh, good stuff. We're still still working on that. <laughs> but no, I, I don't mind. It's See, also, it's my my girlfriend's birthday, Christmas oh, Day as well. Oh, that's a tricky one. Do you one, buy her two no? presents or do you, so do you cheap out and just go for the one? Like, yeah, from Cavan now, so... Of course, I have to get, I have to get two. <laughs> Good man. I, I wouldn't get away with, with, with one. Listen, we're just going to take a quick break, uh, Killian, and uh, we'll be back after the ads, okay? Yeah. Cheers. You're listening to Liffey Sound, www.liffeysoundfm.ie. Listen online, community radio at its best. Okay. Welcome back uh, to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. Uh, Killian Sheridan's on the line. Killian, uh, just on clubs on their youth system, now I'm talking youth system because we talk a lot about uh, different coaching in Ireland and why we're so technically, uh, I suppose, so far behind technically. Um, what what do they do over in, as you say, Cyprus are very technical over there or whatever in, in Poland. What do they do with 7 to 11-year-olds in their academies? 
Uh, I've I've no idea. No idea. <laughs> does, does never get. I've ne- no did, idea. Did, did no. they never bring the 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 senior players uh, out to to there? No. Nah, no. No. Nah. Great life. I've never done it. Uh, <laughs> God, you're gonna have no, to get out. So that's <laughs> I'm I'm the wrong person to ask that question to. <laughs> what what could what could the League of Ireland learn from uh, uh if you were to come back and you were to take over the League of Ireland, what what could they learn from the, these leagues? Uh, I've, see that's another thing where at Applewell there would have been maybe one, maybe two Cypriots in a starting eleven, and the yeah. same with Ammonia. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. Ammonia would be, you'd be pushing to get to. Apple maybe had dids like more senior kind of internationals, but uh, at Ammonia we there wasn't many Cypriots starting. Right. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they're not doing it either. <laughs> well, we, we, the. The Irish teams here in the League of Ireland, they've switched to summer football. So now, I suppose, they're getting their winter break in now. So games aren't being called off. They're probably getting more time off. Um, Plus they're mid-season for the European games as well. And they're mid-season for the European games, yeah. So that probably yeah. makes it... I, th- I think Scotland should be a summer league. Really? Should be summer football, yeah. yeah. I think they, they don't have the... The weather, if anything, is worse... Right. there than it is in Ireland um, and I think I think when you start to see games getting called it's not it, it, sometimes it's not even the games being called off it can be training yeah where te- teams that don't have the majority of the teams don't have like good big training facilities where they've got heaters on the pitch and stuff like that yeah yeah Um. So if like as soon as frost comes, that kills the grass, and then you might be training on artificial that majority of players don't like. Sure. Um, so for me, I think summer football is should be in Ireland and Scotland anyway. Uh, any any weird training or match which rules that they do in Europe? In Europe. <laughs> uh, you haven't been asked to sacrifice a goat or anything like they do in Toronto. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, <laughs> nah, nah, generally it's it's the same. It's I did read let me have a look. Oh yeah. I did read um when you were going to your, one of your training sessions that they uh, they took all your phones and, and stuff away. Is that is that Ah uh, that was that, that was like one of my first This is when you got that was fright. In Bulgaria. Was <laughs> was like and your passport first, and everything else. <laughs> uh because the yeah the first week there was a bit crazy. It was because uh, their league started quite early in the summer, and I think that yeah. So I came in maybe August time, middle of August or end of August, yeah. and they lost. They were losing a few games, so I arrived and basically the next day the the manager got sacked. Nice. And they brought in a new guy, and they wanted he wanted to go with the team away like say an hour outside of Sofia or two hours outside for like two or three days just the team train and stuff like this and when we got on the bus to leave the training ground the like big I wouldn't even say they were sick they were more like bodyguards of the president <laughs> came on and with bags 
And I was looking like, what's going on here? And someone told me, oh, I have to give your phones in. <laughs> I was thinking, what, <laughs> a, what is this? What are we yeah. doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, it was mad. But I, I kept, the club gave me a phone. Right. So I just gave them that. So I kept. Oh, kept your own. My, <laughs> like, phone from the UK. Right. And it's like I was on the way and I was texting people like, this is mental. Or... <laughs> SOS. If, if you don't hear yeah. from me in the next two don't, days, send, don't send phone, somebody out. Don't phone me for the next two days. <laughs> Listen, are you one of those players that swap jerseys all the time? Would you have somewhere that you keep certain jerseys uh, uh, framed or on a wall or just put aside? Uh, no, I've uh, at home, I've a load of jerseys hanging up just in a wardrobe but they're all my own from oh, every right. team <laughs> signed them all did you <laughs> and he, and he set up the not that far I've never been I've swapped with players that I know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like maybe I'm friends with and I'll swap with them mm. uh, but nah I, find, I, I don't know I find it hard to to go up and kind of ask yeah. Say it, yeah. yeah, I think it's a fear of rejection from them because <laughs> I've I've said this a few times where I with Celtic when we played United, I asked Ronaldo, <laughs> and he muttered something in I don't know English or Portuguese, <laughs> and I think looking back now, I think he was saying someone. Now I know, obviously, someone else would have asked during the game because okay. it was Ronaldo, right. Uh, and then that I said, okay, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> and then when we played Barcelona, um, the first one in the new, in the new camp. Yeah. Mm. And uh, after the game, I said it to PK, and he done the same. So I think maybe he promised it to someone else. <laughs> I said, right. So it's a fear now. Hundred hundred percent. I'm not asking anymore. <laughs> and that was the first game in the groups. Yeah. So I had like another, whatever five games. Do, do. I, didn't, I didn't ask anyone. So, <laughs> uh, what are Barcelona like to play against? Uh, we played, we played kind of two different Barcelonas. We, the first one when we played them in the new camp, we lost. We lost one nil, and they scored from a set piece, a header. Right. Uh, and they just. It was like in the early days of Enrique. Right. Yes. Uh, and then once they got going, to I think it was four nil, oh, right. uh, and they were just that was like it was t- like two di- two different teams. Is it is it hard to get the ball off them? Um, yeah, yeah. We were set up the first game. We were set up. the The manager we had at the time was very good at setting us up against all those good teams right. to like be hard to play against and compact. Um, but with them, they just, they, the, the thing is when it, like, that was probably what I noticed with Messi when he's like squaring you up or did like odd time where I'd have to track back and, or I'd find myself against him. Mm. You know what he's going to do. Like you, you, can't stop you see him and you're thinking, right, he's going to cut in on his left and do something. But he just does us that split second before yeah. you think. And that's <laughs> and gone. Yeah. And even like his crossing, when he comes in and crosses it with his left foot, he it's he 
that cross, I think it's so underrated. Yeah. How right. how good his crossing is. Yeah. He's so, come in and just just putting a perfect over defenders' heads to like maybe a player a meter behind the defender, yeah. and it was. That was that was probably what impressed me the most. We had a guy a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's kind of a professional gambler, but he's a bit of a rain man when it comes to statistics and figures. And something came up about Messi and Ronaldo, and he just there was no. He said there was no comparison to Messi by a long long shot, and he came up with this fantastic argument. But would you be in relation to Messi and Ronaldo? Obviously, seeing both of them on the pitch, do you think there's a difference, or is there a preference, or are they both as good as each other? I think Messi's the better player. Yeah, I think that's clear or mm. obvious. Unless if people think otherwise, it's it's bias. Yeah, but I prefer Ronaldo. You're right. I I like him better. So, is there is there a reason for that? I just I don't know. I think the fact that he's made everything himself, he's worked yeah himself into the position he's in. Right. And it's so Messi's kind of, more than naturally gifted. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I'm not, but at the same time, I'm not saying. Yeah, Messi's lazy, <laughs> and it's just like it just comes to him. I'm yes. sure he's definitely more talented or mm. naturally good. But I just like Ronaldo better for the fact that he's worked so it's hard, or he's, like his mentality yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And the fact, a little bit that kind of everyone hates him. <laughs> you're pretty underdog it's kind of a little bit yeah it's yeah. Uh, I don't know it annoys me a bit uh, I think they hate him because of Messi if the, Messi wasn't there I don't think he'd be hated as much yeah that's a fair it's point like the, he's like the villain to the hero <laughs> I, I would say possibly though he doesn't do himself any favours if he passes someone uh, makes an assist they score and he goes off and celebrates the other way from the team. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably but but he doesn't do care. He doesn't no, care. He doesn't He's care. so <laughs> driven and <laughs> one, one way thinking. That's, that's what I, I admire. It. We give you uh, the big three that we do. Uh, yeah. Under my skin card, thumbs up card, puzzle card. So we'll start off with the under my skin card. What, what gets under your skin? Uh, a lot of football media. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I was looking at your Twitter and I was like, I hope he says Thierry Henry. <laughs> nah, fo- nah, football media, more like Sorry. us. What, <laughs> what, what it's made players speak like. Yeah, there's no characters like, anymore, you think? No, nah, not that there's no characters. There's no, like an interview, a pre-match interview, a post-match yeah. interview. You don't need to interview a player. You know what they're no, going to say. Yeah, yeah. You can... It's, it drives me mad. I tell and you they, what. I even like I hate doing them. Yeah. I I do it anyway. Like when they ask me, I give the the normal answers. Everyone do you try knows. Try to entertain yourself at all and try and slip in something just for your own benefit, or do you just go into that robot mode? Nah, not really. Usual? I just you just do it automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I heard, oh, I was watching a the other night. I watched Aberdeen played. Dundee it was on BT I think and I was watching it and after the game uh, an Aberdeen player Christie Ryan Christie maybe his name anyway he got man of the match and we're speaking to him and a young centre half mm. and the centre half was afterwards so when I heard them speaking he he said uh, they were talking to Christie about the centre half who scored the goal that was it mm. 
And he was saying, um, yeah, he's been brilliant. He's come in like, and for such a young player, he's he's handled it amazing. And then I was thinking in my head, this guy, Christy speaking, is really young also. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, so I just uh, Googled both of them to get their ages. So the Christy's 22 and the guy he was talking about was 21. <laughs> I just thought that's... The kid's doing well. That's what's happened, yeah. So to be fair, the the woman interviewing them said said to him, "Well, you're pretty young yourself." <laughs> so the likes so of that, Troy Deeney that, after the Arsenal game, did you find that refreshing, or did you see uh, that? One? Nah, that was a bit. Or was it a bit disrespectful? Or uh, no, I just thought it was a bit cringy. Really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> they do it. They do a thing in League of Ireland now, which I detest. It's. Uh, <laughs> During the game, they go over oh, and yeah. they get the manager and they pull him to the side and and they do an interview. Now, it must be something that they have in the contract or something. But yeah. you can see the manager has no interest whatsoever to be talking and telling the, the fella on the telly what he's actually going to do, what, 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 what subs he brought on, who he's going to bring on. So you get nothing out of it, basically. You get nothing out of it, no. And he's, yeah. and he's, and he's not even looking at your man. You know? So, yeah, that, that, I'd be up with that anyhow. Uh, the, and the other side of that one is when managers come on to like Monday Night Football for example or they're on a show talking about football I get the feeling that they have to they try and talk about tactics and stuff as much as they can as and as in detail as they can hmm. so people will look at them and think oh actually yeah he's a very good manager he yeah, yeah so we get a YouTube like, almost going on to justify themselves that yeah. No, I'm I'm really good. It's, yeah, yeah. I remember the Thierry Henry one was on talking about Pep Guardiola. No, it was an interesting one, but yeah, Thierry Henry doesn't 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 do it for me. I have to say. Uh, oh, thumbs up, thumbs up card. Anything in sport that sort of you do like? Uh, the VAR system. Yeah, yeah. We we have it here in Poland. Oh, super! And it's brilliant. It's literally maximum twenty seconds. So when something happens, if there's a goal that maybe they think is offside, uh, the referee will, I think, signal up to the mm. um, whatever the guy. The video referee. Or... He'll have a look and tell them, and then he'll either whistle, okay, it's a goal or free kick. Right. And did he do that for penals as well, or is it just... For offside? anything in the box. So say if yeah. I go down... If there's a corner and yeah. I go down, think maybe someone's tried to drag me down. Yeah. And I go and claim for a penalty. I think they have to look at it. Anything right. in the. They have to look at anything in the box. Right. And is that is there? I think it goes back. Fifty seconds. Right. Thirty seconds, yeah. maybe. And do you have many calls, or is it as many? Times yeah, as we've want? had. I'd say we've had about three. Three goals teams have scored to be ruled out for offside. All right. Okay. So the team goes away celebrating and then you're kind of waiting for the decision and then you see it afterwards and you can see. And can referees be influenced, do you think? I don't think so, no. No. If it's it's a video, I don't see how. And do you think the flow of the game hasn't really changed that much because, again, you restart the game in normal time, it's already sorted and you you don't find there's a longer delay Uh, at all? No, the flow of the game is is 20 seconds. Football's not not that fast flowing where 
a 15, 20 second break is going to... So you haven't felt yourself waiting for longer than, than you, you, you kind of normally would if, if the game was restarting from whatever the instant was? Say that again? You, you haven't found yourself kind of hanging on, waiting for the decision, really. It's kind of just... The, 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 again, they celebrate, and again, you say go back to, to tip off. You already know the decision, so you're not really kind of waiting that any longer, are you? Yeah, sometimes when you kind of know, when maybe you're yeah. clutching or and you're thinking, okay, maybe it's going to be disallowed, but yeah. normally you'll know, okay, yeah. it's going to be a goal. Yeah. And then you're maybe waiting to tip off again for... 20 seconds and obviously it's coming into the World Cup now in the summer so it's really going to get around on a global stage and if it goes well with any con- without controversy it might obviously start spreading around to all the big competitions yeah, yeah, the, o- the only bad thing I've seen from it is uh, there was a foul there was a game here and a play- it was like near the end of the game where they've used it to find out if it was a free if it was a foul or not Okay. No, sorry. They were using it to decide whether it was in the box or outside the box. Right. But then when they went back and looked at it, you could see it was inside the box, but you could see it wasn't a foul. Yeah. Ah. Right. But they still gave the penalty. No. So I I don't know if there's something where they can only use it for one decision depending on what one, the referee is like asked. maybe only fouls or I don't know I don't know yeah yeah. they can only look at it for what he's actually asked for yeah yeah very yeah. fair enough uh, puzzled card so that and that that you just don't get this could be anything uh, this is with football with, well yeah, anything you want any well I've been thinking of football um, right. the uh, it's similar to to the VAR mm. It's when replays are like contentious decisions with offsides or stuff like that, where there's maybe a goal and people are like, is he offsides? And they'll show a picture with a line where offside is. (laughs) And maybe the player is like halfway over the line (laughs) and they're asking, is this offside? When they're showing a picture that's showing the player offside. (laughs) But and they just they debated for so long, like the what was it, uh, Silva against Arsenal? Yeah. And I remember seeing it after like Sky Sky done a uh, a poll or something. I seen maybe it was their Twitter, or maybe it was Sky Sports News. I don't know. Like asking, is Silva offside, or do you think Silva was offside? No, why not? They do, they do have these ones. Ever see it where they they do use the golden line technology? And what's the name of it? The technology? They uh, use? Uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. And the ball yeah. bounces, hits the post, and comes out. And it was never anywhere near the line, or it's still shot, or, or it's a yard off, and they still show the replay. And then, yeah. they, then they'll go back to the studio at halftime, and they'll still discuss <laughs> the one that hit the post. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I don't get that. Either. Sometimes they get, get value for their money. Yeah, you just That's get it. their value for the money. Um, so, you didn't play last weekend. What happened there? Uh, no, I had a had an injury, my hip. Hmm. I just kind of over. I didn't tear a muscle, but I. It was like just on the cusp, right? Uh, so it was kind of overstretched a little. That's back to back to norm again, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's getting there to take it kind of day by day. Right, good stuff. Uh, and hopefully, uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for you. And hopefully, uh, <laughs> y- you get that uh, 
Ballon d'Or nominee soon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for you, uh, even though you you are comfortable with it. We, a lot of people are talking, would like to see you back in the Irish I'm just fold, looking so. at him. Um, I'm just like, because we... No, don't, don't get me wrong. So would I. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I'd yeah, love, we're I'd not love to be, I'm fairly sure you said you didn't want to go back there. <laughs> But can I just ask you, just lastly on that, because I, I meant to ask this at the start. Did you have a conversation with Martin O'Neill, yes or no? Did he discuss anything with you about the Irish setup? No. Okay, that's no. fine. That's great. That's fine. Sorry, Dave, what were you saying? No, just because uh, we usually talk to a couple of the guys, uh, footballers we've had on before, and we, we have their FIFA stats and whatever. But just underneath, see, there's a special page where you can literally look at any player in FIFA. But there's comments, and of course, there's a few... <laughs> There's a few Irish lads, and it's like, is this for Killians? Yeah, okay. And it's like, oh, hundred percent needs a call up for Ireland, quality player. And then the next one, I'd have him over McGoldrick and blood and bloody Murphy any day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And then it's like the vegan legend is back. <laughs> and then a lot of Polish, so I'm just going to have to move on. It's all, obviously yeah. all good. No, it's obviously all good. Yeah, it's all good. The yeah. Polish, yeah. Yeah, sure. It's all good. Do you play FIFA? No. 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 Well, then it doesn't matter. We're not going to talk about it. We won't, we won't talk about your stats. So. Except for your defending, it is shocking. They have you 22 out of 100. 22? Yeah. You wouldn't be happy with that. My defensive heading should be a bit higher. Um, <laughs> no. And a heading, oh, no. In fairness, heading is 72 for your defending. Oh. Yeah. So not too bad. Yeah. But the rest of it, not too good. That's all flick on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, listen, Killian, uh, it's been brilliant talking to you. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you, you get yourself back. Uh, if we, We'd love to see you win the league over there because I believe they haven't, uh, they haven't won the league over there at all, ever? No, no. no. And last year it was runners-up, so so close uh, yet so far. But it'd be great to see uh, a success over there. You know, get around a few, a few places. And, you know, never know, one day you might be back in, uh, in, in maybe Ireland, but uh, maybe I'll get back to the UK at, at some stage again. But... Uh, it's been a thrill to have you on. Yeah, no, like I said, my pleasure and, and I enjoyed it. So. Great. Thanks very Listen, much. Have a good one. Christmas. All right. Spirits up, we're here tonight, and that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. On the line, we're delighted to have author Anthony Carragher. Anthony's book, Lost. Uh, Liverpool FC English football at the crossroads looks at Liverpool as they reach their 125th anniversary are they still elite can their prolonged drought end soon and where do the Reds go from here Anthony welcome to the big kickoff morning Roy how are you good good listen Anthony Carragher our first question has to be how's Jamie and will you get to see him over Christmas (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he's making the dish here now Roy he's not (laughs) (laughs) but he's as worried as I am where we're going (laughs) no we're we're not related related, (laughs) listen what made you decide to write the book I I think it's your introduction there Roy I think there's a kind of you know, conflux of, of things happening at the moment that are, uh, you know, fascinating uh, for Liverpool fans 
and and then in the game at large, you know, anybody who loves football, uh, I suppose English football, there there are things happening that I suppose need debate and need documenting. Uh, from the Liverpool perspective, you know, I've been a Liverpool fan since the age of six, and this particular time is is interesting. Reaching the 125th anniversary, uh, you know, that last quarter of a century and more, 27 years without a, a league title, uh, the longest drought of any. I suppose sporting empire in, in in the globe in any in any major sport. You know, the, the, none of the big NFL teams, uh, rugby teams that I can see uh, have that kind. You know, that were empires, not not you know a sports yeah. teams that yeah. won one or two titles, but you know your your major major teams. Um, you know, and and then this new era of of foreign ownership uh, of Liverpool. Um, you know, our, our owners, our uh, Boston, the Fenway Sports Group, are going to be, you know, in the next couple of years, will reach their own first decade and, you know, came with the promise of of lifting trophies and, and, and repeating what they did in America with the, the Red Sox ending their 86-year-long course. And something's going to happen in the next few years because, you know, either... either We'll achieve that, or or big things will happen, you know. And I just, I, I, that 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 story I felt was worth documenting now. Yeah, and did it start? It's Dave here, Anthony. How are you doing, mate? Hey, Dave. How's things? Not too bad. Did it start as a Liverpool book and then kind of spiraled into looking at the league or football in general, or was that always the intention to be a bit of both? It, it 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 started by chance, really. Mm. I, I I was finishing another book that I'd written, Dave, and uh, I'd, uh, you know we heard some terrible bad news in our family, where my eldest brother passed away, uh, you know, suddenly, and mm. he'd instilled in me this love for Liverpool, um, and I just remember I, I was I was sat there early one morning, it was a very early morning, and ideas started to form. Um, as to you know, you're you're a middle-aged man, and you have this great passion, and I still do. I don't silly, you know, I just say silly passion, or yeah. or you know, you question it, and and I, I you know, I meet loads. I, I still play my bit of football myself. A lot of us do, or, or five a side, whatever we do. But you meet friends who go to games and they support clubs, and uh, you know, you. There's, there's a level of uh, disenchantment, I suppose, uh, at mm. the, the state of the game at large and at the, at, at the lack of kind of sporting element to it. You know, sport by definition is, is two equal entities competing against each mm. other or equal, equal-ish entities competing and with the, with the hope of winning. And with, I suppose the advent of the new um, billionaire owners or multiple billionaire owners and stroke, you know, country state owners, um, some of the Arab countries, etc. Some of that some of that sporting element has gone away and I, I kind of was you know on, on many levels questioning, you know, why am I still so passionate about this game that the you mm. know the ball rolls around on, on a piece of grass and for a club and that you know, it was it was it was those thoughts of my brother that were, you know, kindling these you know, things in my mind. So the idea came, to, and particularly where Liverpool were, and the, you know, there's, there's Liverpool with their own drought of 27 years, but but also caused by what's happening in the game at large. You know, um, Steven Gerrard, uh, you know, commented that when 
when Abramovich moved into Chelsea, he, he realized his hope of winning the league title had, you know, gone. Now, it hadn't effectively gone. He, he got very close until he himself fell over, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Yeah, move away from that quickly against, there, Anthony, please. Yeah, against Chelsea in a game that I was at. I was getting that with my oh. son, actually. And uh, so that the idea came to, to, you know, to go on the road and, and explore this story and to do it but from a... a uh, you know, I don't think you can look at it, Liverpool in isolation if you don't look at the other clubs. So, yeah. you know, where are your, your not just your Man Cities and your Chelsea, the new, the nouveau riche, uh, but where are even, you, you know, your your Everton's and your Aston Villas and yeah. your, you know, and, and you know, teams aren't even in the Premiership. Where's Leeds United? You yeah. know, uh, so that that kind of intrigued me because. You know, they're great clubs. Somebody, you know, all of those clubs I just mentioned, they're great clubs. And certainly the last two or three of them, they're, you know, Aston Villa, European Cup winners, uh, Leeds United, you know, that they have their own song saying they are champions of Europe. But they were robbed by Bayern Munich in the final. Uh, up with a referee, probably more uh, pertinently. Um, they're great clubs with no chance of winning anything. Never, you know, not even in the Premiership. But where is the game that, that it leaves clubs like that you know, uh, in in the desert as such. So they, that was that was the kind of you know greater teams that were in my mind to explore. And I felt the way to do it was to go to the clubs. You know, not not, not just turn up at Anfield, uh, but to go out on the road and get under the bonnet of those other clubs. So, and what kind of who who were the more interesting ones outside of Liverpool that you interviewed and you found most insightful? I, 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 I will uh, touch someone there, Aston Villa, I thought it was quite interesting. Mm. I, I, I went to, you know, Villa's a great club, and uh, they, when I, they were in the Premiership when, when we went to them, you know, we literally, it was the, the book kind of moved in chronological order, but looking back to the past and looking forward to the future while doing so. And, and you know, Villa on the day, it, it was interesting, they had, the, you could get this quite often in different grounds, they had a, a programme offer. They had the match programme for the day, but you, you had a couple of old retro programmes, <laughs> um, on offer too and interesting I was looking through them for the game with my son and uh, in each of them they, they, they were profile of a player who was one of their better players at the time and you know not going back too far but all of those players had moved on within them but you know Milner was there yeah. Delf was there Albrighton was there uh, Ben Teke was there and they'd all moved on and the, you know you the club that just and, and you know like nearly 90% I think of the clubs now, they just can't hold on to their players yeah. Because that if, if any kind of you know Delph will then go and sit in the bench for City for a couple of years and 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 then get it get an opportunity and you know going back to Liverpool one can argue Liverpool are, are a club that can't hold on to the players yeah. um, because you know we we see it now and we saw it with Sterling and we we've seen it you know and I think Sterling is a more interesting one than Coutinho and Suarez because there's that Latin uh, Spanish link with the two latter guys but Sterling yeah. is a young English lad that just you know. It, 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 it's. I'll go back and, and other clubs as well, like you know Villa, um, but all you know Everton. Everton are a cracking club. You don't have to go far to, to see Everton, but you know Everton are a super club. Benitez said, you know, infamously, we're a small club, but they're not a small club. But you know the the fact that one might even put a, that term over a club like Everton, uh, it, it, you know, is is is. is an indictment of the modern game, and I think the lesser phenomenon true of something. You know, I, I was in the West Bromwich, and the chairman there um, was commenting about 
the pressure of what Leicester achieved and what that was doing for other mid-sized clubs because you know a disgruntlement among fans to always be treading water and to be going nowhere and just avoiding the drop and Leicester then had you know the phenomenal freakish year and then do you go and try and achieve that and risk losing it all or do you keep plodding along um, so that that those, those stories are you know pervade on on, the, on those kind of mid clubs is is the the do or die element you know West Ham you've got the two owners who are mm-hmm. you know uh, Sullivan and Gold and you know childhood West Ham fans and very much stated very ambitious you know moving into the Olympic Stadium and stating we want to be in Europe you know so very much pinning their colours to the to the mass and then getting it, you know, wrong in many ways. Um and these things come and go, maybe they'll get it right again, but you know, at the moment more avoiding the drop and having really invested badly. Um yeah. so I, you know, for as a football fan I find those things fascinating. So I think they're wrong, you know, and if you go back to the sixties and seventies in football, in English football, uh, in that, de- that that those two decades, twenty years, you had eleven different Premier English League winners in, in that period. And if, in more recently that would be down to five. Uh, so the the element of competition isn't there. Okay. And and it, it's it's cur- it'll be curious just to see, you know, ten years from now where where, you know, is it has it even funneled more or or and, and and where will those mid-size, you know, or what used to be big clubs have gone? Does is there not a, a certain evolution in the the game that has always been there? That you're always going to have three teams, even though there's loads more money for the the middle of the road sides and the bottom sides. That there's always going to be three teams that get relegated. There's always going to be teams who finish mid-table, and there's always going to be teams who finish outside now the top four. But it used to be that it used to be just the the winners of the league. Is it not just still the same as it was, or or what has changed? Well, I, I think more recently, yeah, I think that's what we've grown accustomed to. But that that comment I just made there a moment ago about you know if you do go back and look at history um, yeah. in the last century. You know, lots of teams had chances to win, and 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 what what made a chance to win was a was smart ownership and management, and you know you you know. But I'm going back a while here, so for younger listeners, they, they might remember any of this. They won't manage them. But, you know, <laughs> it was it was like you know it was it was your Busby's and your Shankleys and your Brian Cluffs. You know, Brian Clough doing you know the wonderful things he did with Derby and with Nottingham Forest. You know, uh, Revy at Leeds. Uh, you know, uh, Bobby Robson at Ipswich, um, and you know that wasn't about. Uh, you know, there, there would have been intricacies of who had more or less to spend or whatever. But it wasn't really about outspending the opposition. It was about being better or smarter than them and building teams. Or maybe you know, I suppose that the, you know. The, the, it seems that, that that maybe at those times a change in, 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 in an approach uh, brought a result as well. You know, you you change a certain style of everything is so immediate now, and and, and the availability of information is, is so immediate now. So, 
you know, if, if a manager changes his style of approach, it's already it's immediately known to both fans and, and opposition managers and teams. But yeah. then, I think you know, you you were either more attacking or defensive, or, or you put more emphasis on training or nutrition. It probably might have had more re- uh, reward. But I do I do think there were there was an ability for clubs to be more competitive. You know, you just had much bigger roll call of clubs that were had a real chance of winning something and that's not even just the league title that's cups and 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 you know being competitive in europe and and then you you think you had that era of the you know the, the super managers even like you know you, you those busbys and shankies had built the empire of liverpool and united and and then both of them kind of went on and, and had their own their long streak you know yeah uh, and and you know, you know for different reasons i think liverpool uh you know the, very well, maybe. They, but 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 ultimately, both being great, you know, sets of managers, Paisley and, and Ferguson. United very much, I think, built you know very cleverly on the event of the the Premiership, and they floated the club on the stock exchange, and they were very ambitious with stadium building, and they just everything came together, and they they got it so right, and with a great manager. You know, so has it has it changed? I, I think what's changed is I don't think it's about those opportunities anymore. Like Klopp is a great manager. The great, sorry, he's, he's a very good manager. I suppose great will be tested in the long run. But <laughs> Klopp is, you know, he broke Bayern Munich in in Germany. He he didn't just win the league once; he won it twice. He got to the Champions League final. You know, with with spending, you know, I suppose in today's terms, buttons really. He he sourced talent. That was, you know, in, in some ways, unspotted talent. He moulded players that were discarded. They're the signs of a great manager. If you go through history, they're the signs of a great managers. The ability to mould players that weren't necessarily seen before as great players, and to spot players like, you know, in the old day, you'd sign a Kevin Keegan, mm. and he'd come from, I think it was Chester, or something. I can't remember exactly where he came from. And you know, you don't see that now. Where you you see it very less commonly, where a manager has the ability to spot a great talent yeah, yeah. Uh, that's quite, is it, now it's you know where's my 60 million pound signing yeah. so I think that's changed I don't think the ability of a, of, a, of a bright smart manager and a club that has ambition to build and develop I think in the past it, 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 those opportunities are build, gone building and, yeah you, if you don't have the the half a billion every transfer window you know you're not going to win the league like in the last I think two years since like I started writing the book in 2015 and in that time Man City have outspent Liverpool by six times yeah. less spent yeah. like that, that's a tough bridge for even a Klopp mm. you so, know so can you with that you have Klopp there who is a good manager and we know there's loads of good managers who are coming into the league and not, mm. ev- and not everyone can be successful but can you put your finger on why Liverpool can't keep their best players even though they have you know that history behind them they're still they're still seen as a big club but they just can't hang on to their to their big players do you know why or can you think why I I I, I, don't, I probably don't know why. And like, and the great thing as we know with football, and I'm sure everyone in the show is uh, we all have our opinions. But yeah. I I think um, so specifically with Liverpool, um, if you look at the long drought of, of 27 years, it, it, there were different phases to it. I think the initial phase, you know, Suness and 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 then I, I spoke to Roy Evans, and he just gave me some nice insights and uh, for the book and. Uh, he he commented, for example, you know, that he always just felt it was next season. Um, he, he just, you know, he'd, he'd been the boot room boy and mm. 
success was hardwired in, in for Liverpool, and he just always felt it was coming. And you know, there's some great players and a great attacking team. I always enjoyed watching Roy Evans' team and loved going to Anfield. And you'd have McAteer and McManaman and streaming down the wings and mm. stuff. You know, really, you know, bright team to watch. But um, so, but but then it didn't happen. And I think it, you know, that that initial phase was well, you know, we're not what we were, but it's we're going to be back soon. And then realization, I think, hit in, and you did. The advent of the you know and you're and you're playing catch up against United and Ferguson and you, the the advent of the foreign managers you know Julia and Benitez and so and each got very close and each did a squad rebuild but I think what happened was ambition waned a bit as well Liverpool couldn't punch with the same financial clout as you know certainly as United at the time yeah but there were, we were you know even in the book uh, I interviewed different managers and there was always this comment we were one player away yeah yeah and you know Evan said he wanted to sign Sheringham and he couldn't get him and uh, Benitez wanted uh, Danny Alves from Barcelona and the, you know the, we, we did we, we I think we bid 12 million and we, we he, they wanted 15 or something what for Barcelona signed him I can't remember what club he was with at the time, but we we had him, and he didn't, you know, because of three million or something, we didn't get him. Like that, things like that were happening where there, there was just a, a feeling that you know Liverpool weren't the club that was going to go the extra bit, and and I and now in, in more recent times, I feel it's an ambition thing. Uh, like even there last week, there was a comment by um, Guillaume uh, Balag, the, the the Spanish yeah. reporter on Sky. And he was he was answering some fans' questions about is Griezmann coming to Anfield, and uh, he kind of laughed when he re- responded. And I met uh, Belize when I interviewed him in the book as well. And the same, actually, in the interview, the same response was there. There was just a sense that we weren't there at that very elite table anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, people, players, and I suppose insiders in the game just didn't feel they were, you know. Con- going to be ever, or sort not ever, but going to be constant challengers for the top. So, you know, he did not quite get for Griezmann, but the, you know, there the was a little smirk and smile and a twinkle in his eye, as in, you know, Griezmann wouldn't even look at Liverpool. Yeah. But, but if, if you even think about that, you know, United are going through their, their mini droughts now, and uh, Manchester and Liverpool are similarly sized cities. There's no great, you know, population diversity there. Um, and you know they're equally as successful clubs. One more in the league, one more in Europe. So, you know, there's no reason why one would say Griezmann would sign for Manchester United than he won for Liverpool. You know, uh, as a, so it why would, it would probably why, be only because Manchester United's uh, recent success has been uh, uh, that a recent success, and Liverpool's has been slightly more distant, and and maybe the hope of getting more. Well, obviously, it might, might be more money at Manchester United, but no, and I think you're you're right there. That that's ex- I think that's exactly right. But I I also think there's a bit more ambition. Yeah, you yeah. know, I I don't think anybody and 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 I'm, I I and I suppose as a Liverpool fan, I just don't know. Um, like the owners say, they came to win. And yet, we're still quite parsimonious in the transfer market. And um, Klopp, you know, said he's a stated winner. Yes, and I, I, I like Klopp a lot. You know, he's a very, very likable manager, and I, I love having him as a. So never mind winning. You, you like to have somebody you like being the, 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 the father figure of your club. I suppose. So I, as a Liverpool fan, I, I love seeing Klopp there. He puts a smile on my face. But I, I'm, I worry about that hard. No, you know, is he is. 
you know, I, I do and I don't. I, I, I think he wants to win. Um, he, he, always, he has this comment about uh, the hard way. We'll do it the hard way and, we'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to, I can't and I won't outspend other people and I'll develop this over the long term. And I just worry, will, will he get the time to achieve that? Because, um, you know, it, 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 it's going to be a tough audience a year or two from now at Anfield if there's still no trophies collected. But to, to go back to that question, you know, and why, you know, like Klopp had enough, to, last January we were on top of the table, Rodgers in the 13-14 season, uh, turning into the new year, needed players. There's been opportunities in recent times to re- really push on and not make that comment of, and both of those those more recent uh, you know, falling shorts were under the Fenway ownership period. There's, there's been an opportunity not to say that we were one player yeah. short. You know, when when Gerard slipped, it was as much about Henderson being um, suspended than it was Gerard slipping. That the bench was so weak coming on. And in both of those January windows, even just recently, you know, last year, two years ago, uh, there was an opportunity to go and buy in, in, the, in the when you're top of the table and go, yeah, this this is a chance to push on and actually win this league, and. It, 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 as a Liverpool fan, I just didn't see that in the club. I didn't see any great. Um, now I know the January window. I know the difficulty and all that, or that, what that were told. The difficulty of it. I, I think in the same window, yeah. City brought in Gabriel Jesus, you know, or Jesus. Um, you know, so there's easier for them to do it. I know, but uh, I, I, it's that absolute stepping up to go. Yeah, there's no excuses anymore. You know, we we're, we've nailed our colours, and, and we don't hear much from our owners anymore mm. um, about really what their ambitions yeah. are. You know, and I think that's very important because you you look at all of this, and you and 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 I you know, as a Liverpool fan, I don't necessarily want the the, the kind of um, Middle Eastern owners where it's just all money goes yeah, in, yeah. And, and and I don't necessarily want the Chinese. But what I do want are owners that go. Well, you know, we we bought the club for 300 million. We're sitting on a valuation of 1.5 billion. You know, five times the money. Yeah. And here's what we're going to do. You know, in the near term. You know, we're we're not going to say if we can't afford to build the Anfield Road end. Yeah. We're not going to say we don't have the money in the transfer market. You know, and and maybe they're going to do it. You know, so the, I I'm not in the book that you know we are lost. So the, the loss has a question mark on it. Yeah. And uh, it's all to be seen. But I just. I, I certainly want to, uh, you know, like many others, I suppose the purpose is to raise the debate. Exactly, and just speaking on the on, on the book, obviously, again, it is very much Liverpool based, and that's where most of your inspirations from. But for the non-Liverpool fan, like our like my colleague here, Roy, like. I'm not saying how much is there, but like how much of it would it be of an interest for everyone, not just your Liverpool fans, obviously. Well, I, you know, the, I, the book, the, I nearly split it in three. I think one, one third of it is, is yeah. Liverpool, you know, maybe even more, 40%. Or, and, and then the rest of it is the club. And then there, there's a good sprinkling of just non-football stuff in there because what, what interested me as well is what formed the, 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 you know, English football and these clubs. So, you know, for example, when I was in Norwich, um, I'm talking about the, 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 you know, what that city meant, Norwich. You know, it's interesting, the Norwich are the Canaries. You know, that city in the medieval times, Norwich was the second city in the UK and second only to London, but it didn't have a rail link to London. So 
um, it very much built its own culture and uh, geography of you know being a local uh, capital of of Norfolk. And its nearest trading partners were the Lowlands, uh, Belgium and and um, Holland and Spain and, uh, and somewhat. And w- one of the popular pastimes at the time was was you know raising and racing uh, canaries, birds. And that came <laughs> that that came into Norfolk. And you know I felt just in writing the book and researching, I never knew that. You know and. I just, I, I, I like you. I laughed when I, when I learned that, and, and, and as you know, you know, Norwich City are, are the Canaries, and that's where it came from. So and that's there's what loads of little, there's loads of little stories like that in the book that I, I you know, I, I enjoyed writing about, you know, why clubs and why cities where they that, come that from. they play and where they come from, and and, and it also just it, it shows a nice, interesting colour of that they're so important, they're institutions in their local uh, environments, and yet they can just be taken over by. You know, a guy from Malaysia or somewhere, and either improved or destroyed. You know, yeah. But they may have a hundred and or two hundred years of local history that you you just hope that you know there should be protection orders for them. You know, that's what <laughs> I feel as a football fan. Listen, and, you know, go on. other countries do have protection orders. You know, in a way, in Germany, you you know, the club has to be owned by the members. fifty one percent. You know, and that's you know maybe that horse is bolted but you'd love to put some kind of uh, the, the debate should be there yeah, about yeah. ownership and uh, protection listen but Anthony yeah, um, a lot of the book is other clubs it's, it's, I hope people find it enjoyable read that way good the, the book is called Lost um, tell us the end and do Liverpool win the league <laughs> 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 Please, God, say yes. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, they, they won it. We were found early. That Liverpool yeah, positivity we is always there. That's the sequel. I think the sequel's found. <laughs> it's going to be our year. <laughs> and, Anthony, I presume, is it in all the usual well-known outlets? It is. Yes, it's, 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 in, it's all over Dublin and, and in, in lots of stores countrywide. And online and all. We, have and a, well, I, yeah. uh, we had a quick look on Amazon this morning just out of interest. And uh, one of them was like, I read this book and you will most likely end up recommending it to others I bought a copy for my son who's a Liverpool fan and when the book arrived I dipped into it and read a few pages and was instantly hooked it's a real page turner while it focuses on Liverpool it's about football and sport in general with great insights into all premiership clubs and now his son is enjoying it too that's fantastic that's and then a there's a review. guy called Thank Robert you. Would you remember from Liverpool's Christmas market you met him last yeah, week? Yeah, I saw his review. I met him in Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know, or is it you? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, you can check him on my Facebook, on yeah, yeah. Facebook page. <laughs> you stalked him. Yeah. He, was a, he was a character. He, yeah. he professed he doesn't read like any, the, the, you know, he, he got the book. He said, I, I wouldn't read it myself now. I'll, I'll give it to him. And then he, he, he subsequently he was in contact with me, and he did. So. Uh, so you know, no, they're they're all. The I'm only joking. Dude. That's good. <laughs> okay, listen, Robert. The book is called Lost Liverpool FC English Football at the Crossroads, and uh, as you said, it's in good all good bug shops and some rubbish ones too. I always want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, thanks thank very much for your time and good luck with the book. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye. You're listening to Liffy Sound, www.liffysoundfm.ie. Listen online, community radio at its best. <laughs> Welcome back to the Big Kickoff on Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. Yes, listen, we're going to wrap it up here. This is our second last show. Next week we will have our Christmas Eve show. Which came back from the future. Yeah, we, we had to pre-record it. So, <laughs> so won't, there will be one or two references that mightn't add up because we were pretending like we were 
we knew what happened the last few weeks, so if Liverpool <laughs> are not top of the table, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but listen, it's been a great year for yeah. us, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. We'll also be doing a New Year's Eve show, which is pre-recorded as well, but listen to it, it's on SoundCloud. It'll be on Liffy Sound, uh, obviously, on New Year's Eve. This kind of feels like it's our last yeah, yeah. show, so uh, thanks for everyone who's li- listened uh, this year with us, and uh, it's been a real buzz, Dave, hasn't it? Absolutely, and uh, yeah, keep short and sweet. Merry Christmas to you all, and to all a good night, or a good morning, I should say. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are we finished with, Dave? Well, we haven't touched it all month, so I suppose we have to go with the new modern classic, even though it's over 20 years old. It's Mariah Carey. Listen, enjoy yourselves. All Happy Christmas. Christmas is, uh, three points today, come on. <laughs> Ah uh-huh.